The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. They broke the law. Welcome to Executive Decisions, the podcast that covers the law, workplace, employment matters, business, life, and everything in between, featuring attorney Chuck Rodman. And as a matter of fact, attorney Chuck Rodman is here with me right now. How you doing, pal? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good. How are you feeling? Are you ready to make podcast history? I am. I am. I'm looking forward to this. So you've been wanting to do this for a long time because you've you've uh, dabbled in the radio game or have had thoughts about it. I mean, let's start with your day job. You're an employment lawyer. You represent executives and such. But you wanted a, a different way to get out your message and to or you just want to sit here and shoot the breeze with me? Yeah, no, I, I, I run a law firm. Uh, as mm-hmm. you said, I'm a trial attorney for executives uh, mm-hmm. who, who like to sue or want to sue their employers. And, and we love fighting, so that's what we do. Without uh, fighting? Uh, we'll do it without fighting. Sometimes too. fighting. Yeah, Sometimes okay. fighting. Right, right. But we like fighting. Um, okay. And, uh, and uh, so that's what we do. We're, mm-hmm. We help people resolve their disputes with their employers. Uh, I do. I've always had a secret, secret desire to be on radio. I ran a radio show when I was in college. I loved it. And let's just go ahead and make the joke that he does have a voice for radio and a face for radio. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> just a, a brief foray into comedy there. Fret not, listeners, because uh, you're going to get some great legal thoughts and legal advice. And, and Chuck and I are just going to riff on some things that's going on in the news. Um, let's get to the news, shall we? Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a look at recent topics in employment law, the news, and the analysis from Attorney Chuck. Well, first off, uh, we've got this thing with Stormy Daniels that's been going on for a number of months now, I guess. Um, She's... A porn star or a former porn star? Or do you ever become Does former? Feel, it feels dirty Once saying a, that. Uh, well, well is there a better way? It's not appropriate to say porn star. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not the first one to make this joke, but how come all porn actors are stars? <laughs> They're all stars. Like, there's not, like, a porn, like, character actor or something. You no, know, it just comes in for certain scenes. You there's know? also not, like, a triple A of porn. That's right. There's no farm system. No. And if there was, I don't think we'd want to know no, what's going no, on there. No. But um, so she's the person who, as um, reports have indicated, uh, had an affair, uh, an alleged affair with President Trump in the past and then signed a non-disclosure. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so let's um, before we get your analysis on it, Chuck, she was on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show recently and um, listen and learn because it actually brings up there are actually some legit legal issues in here. Um, as Jimmy Kimmel talks to Stormy Daniels. Let's listen. Our next guest has a unique perspective on the president of the United States, one that I don't have for sure. She is an actor and director who either did or did not receive $130,000 to be or not be here tonight. Please welcome Stormy Daniels. being here. I had a pretty clear idea of what I wanted to ask you tonight, but then about like three hours ago, I go on the internet and I get, and I see this letter that pops up. It says, official statement of Stormy Daniels, to whom it may concern. Over the past few weeks, I've been asked countless times to comment on reports of an alleged sexual relationship I had with Donald Trump many, many, many years ago. 
The fact of the matter is that each party to this alleged affair denied its existence in 2006, 2011, 2016, 2017, now again in 2018. I am not denying this affair because I was paid hush money, as has been reported in overseas-owned tabloids, the Wall Street Journal. I am denying this affair because it never happened. I will have no further comment on this matter. Please feel free to check me out on Instagram at, at the Stormy Daniels. Maybe, maybe they'll delete that one, too. Now... Here's Although what I want to know. Although that's not the craziest thing I've read about myself on this the internet today. This is what fascinates me. Your original statement, the signature on the original statement does not match the signature on this statement. And I went through my library of <laughs> photographs of you to compare it to headshots that you have signed. And these seem to match the original statement. And wow, am I getting at anything? Did you sign this letter that was released today? I don't know, did I? Wait a minute, that you can but say, right? that does right? not look like my signature, does it? It doesn't look like your signature. So you're saying perhaps this letter was written and released without your approval. Hmm. <laughs> Do you know where it came from? So let's stop there for a minute. So um, she's talking about this letter and there's this painful, awkward silence because she won't admit it. But then I think later in the interview, we, time does not permit us to listen to the whole thing, but yeah. She won't even speak as to whether she signed the non-disclosure. So the question becomes, is a non-disclosure so secret that you have the non-disclosure, but then you can't, as part of the non-disclosure, you're not allowed to talk about the non-disclosure. Is that what's going on there? Yes. Okay. Yes, that so, is exactly what's going on. But let me first say yeah. that this show yeah. should be all about the news. Yeah. It really should be because there's so many stories it's that true. are hidden in, in what we like to consume every day. Yep. We should be talking about these issues. That's a great point particularly when it relates to porn stars. Uh, so, yeah, most most uh, settlement agreements, I mean, what happened here is uh, Trump had an affair with a porn star. He had a lot of affairs, we know that. Right. Okay. So he had an affair with a porn star, and the porn star was paid a lot of money to keep quiet about it. Right. And she signed a document, a settlement agreement, which is pretty traditional. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, even here in, in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, we enter into settlement agreements when we settle cases. Right. And those settlement agreements typically contain confidentiality clauses. It, it so says you, no so, one's supposed to talk about so it. So now let's back up a minute. Let's say for the sake of argument, it was a, a consensual um, affair, mm -hmm. right? And so he has an interest in keeping it quiet. Mm -hmm. Like it's different from uh, sexual harassment, for example. Someone gets um, sexually harassed in the workplace. They sue their employer. Their employer says... This is embarrassing to us. We owe you half a million dollars, but also there's a non-disclosure agreement because we, we think it's worth you not talking about. So, like, what what is she... Is this something that the Trump people came to her with? We, we presuppose that... that um, we suppose that they came to her and said, it's just worth our while to quiet you down. I don't look at it as any different. I think it's... Really? I th yeah, I think it's earlier in the, in the, in the life cycle of, of, of a claim. Right. The, the claim may not have arisen yet, but there's a there's a deal to be made, and the deal is you keep quiet, mm -hmm. and and we will pay you. But does she think he did something wrong? No, no. But the claim would be, yeah, you violated. The, oh, right. The confidentiality agreement, and so we're just a little bit in in, in advance of the actual claim. Yep. We've we've and so that's the only difference here is that you've got a settlement agreement before any claim has ever arisen. Mm -hmm. That's unusual. Okay. Um, so we have the, the, the sequences maybe backward, but uh, there's a lot of, of similarity uh, 
because there is a there's a concern on the part of one party, just like there is in an employer employee relationship, right. that the allegation of harassment or the allegation of of exploitation, for example, mm-hmm. which it's clearly damaging. We see that uh, as the Me Too campaign continues to grow. Yeah. So there's an interest that Trump but has she in didn't... protecting uh, the secrecy of the, their relationship. With the Me Too movement, just as a, as, as a general, you're saying it's relevant just as a general political and social movement because he didn't literally he couldn't have literally harassed her right because she didn't work for him i gotta i gotta say um we don't know here's what i think on that and we could have a whole another long discussion about it we will i don't think that that it's up to us to to decide that i think it is part of the me too movement in a way uh you remember there was a story about matt damon recently who made a comment yeah about uh uh a a grab of the ass mm-hmm. being less offensive or less invasive or harmful to an individual yeah, he, he than, assen- a, than a rape. He essentially said, let's not put Al Franken in the same bucket That's as Harvey right. Weinstein. Exactly. Right? And, and he got excoriated for he, it in certain circles. Yeah, he did. And, and it, it, I looked at that and thought initially, why are people objecting? I don't get it. Right. How can you not agree that a, a touching of someone's rear is objectively less harmful Mm-hmm. less offensive than rape. Yeah. Uh, anyone would agree to that. We have a system of laws, a standard, a system of justice that we have to uh, abide by. And that standard makes it clear that a grab of the ass is not as harmful. It's not penalized yeah. in the same way as a rape. Right. Uh, the, the, the excoriation that occurred mm-hmm. was by women who said, you're missing the point, Matt. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not whether or not a touching meets the objective standard of a rape or is let better or worse, it's that you're a man and it's not for you to say that one is better or worse. And mm-hmm. the whole problem with what, what's happened in the workplace with women, right. and, 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 and the, the, the Me Too movement is much more about uh, women's rights than it is about sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. It's much more about uh, a, a culture, a, a, uh, a societal culture that fails to recognize that men are looking at women in a way that they should never be looking at women and that we need to disassociate ourselves with those views and sort of start all over again. Well, let me push back on you a little bit there because I've thought a lot about this. And Dame, I, I, I'm sort of with Matt Damon, even if maybe he didn't put it, maybe he put it in a clumsy way or whatever. It can be two separate things. It can be, Matt, don't diminish what Franken did. And I think Damon would say, I wasn't. I was saying they are two different things. And look no further than the law, as you, you sort of alluded to earlier, the mm-hmm. fact that they, they're, they're very different. If you get hauled into court for grabbing someone's butt versus forcibly raping them, you're going to be treated much differently. There's a mm-hmm. good reason for the difference in that treatment. But I, I'm trying hard to think, I mean, I was raised by a bunch of crazy liberal women and so that's where i come from but um well think about it this way yeah. think think if a if a a woman on a movie set gets touched okay yeah. there's no there's no uh it's not it's not beneath the clothing it's not um in an inappropriate part of their body but they get touched and it's clearly physical mm. and it's clearly sexual okay um the 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 male if the male is committing that act mm-hmm. what women are saying is that that can be just as harmful as rape, because mm-hmm. it is 
it, what it seeks to do is minimize the voice of the woman, mm -hmm. maximize the power of the man within that relationship. And mm -hmm. so it matters not whether a man's penis entered a woman's vagina, it's the touching, it's the message, it's the mm -hmm. culture that allows that kind of conduct to occur. And that's where the backlash that's, came and from. And that's what the movement is about. Okay, yes. I guess, I guess, I'm turned around a little bit on it now. I guess it, it what, what- Turned they, on or turned around? <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. No, I mean, um, I guess what I'm saying is the, yeah, the movement is what it is. I mean, what they're, what the critics of Damon are saying is um, stop talking about that. If we, in other words, if we bring up the topic of Me Too and Matt Damon says, well, Al Frank is not Harvey Weinstein, the Me Too movement says you're missing the point because it's not about severity. It's about we are talking about men who are in power using that as a way to do something harmful to women in a, in a sexual you way. Right. right? OK, so um, that's what it's all about. It's it's the lens through which. Uh, decisions are made and women are yep. saying you want to know what the me too movement is about ask us ask women don't go to men don't listen to matt damon he has no clue he all cannot right. possibly have an all idea right. of what it means like to look through the my lens uh, as a woman all right game over chuck wins congratulations <laughs> um so one, one nothing one nothing let's uh let's take a break here on executive decisions when we come back we'll talk about uh what else happened in the news recently in the world of the workplace law maybe harassment maybe contract stuff who knows you never know what's going to come up on executive decisions with, <laughs> with attorney chuck rodman stay with us oh no uh, license and registration, please, sir. What's the problem, officer? Uh, well, son, lots of problems. You were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone. You have a blown tail light and a blown headlight. Uh, about a mile back there on the road, you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies. You appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat. not to mention there's a 300-pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At pod617.com, you'll find on-demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And pod617.com will produce a broadcast-quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, uh, you know what? I changed my mind. You're under arrest. Aww. Welcome back to Executive Decisions with attorney Chuck Rodman. On this podcast, we talk about the law. We talk about the workplace. We talk about business. We talk about Stormy Daniels sometimes, <laughs> um, as that relates to the law of porn. No, not really. Um, the law of non-disclosures, which we've discussed. But we have another news item we wanted to get to. Oh, by the way, Chuck's here. Hey, Chuck. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Love talking. A little about closer to the mic. Love, ta love talking about porn. Okay, good. <laughs> can we talk? Can we, can we use this segment to talk about pornography? Now, are you, are you suggesting there's a market for porn on the internet? No. I don't know. I've never no. heard of such a thing. No. Um, one other thing that came up in the news that that had to do with well, I didn't think it was so much anything to do with the law or employment or anything like that. But Chuck's going to tell us why it is. It has to do with Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Take a listen to this recent news report. So I learned a long time ago that when Greg Popovich speaks, that's a room you want to be in. I mean, you just never know which seemingly average topic is going to unspool into something much more interesting. 
which is why last night I found myself waiting for Pop's normal pregame media availability across the street here at Staples Center. And like always, I was not disappointed. See, Pop got what seemed like a routine question. Why is LaMarcus Aldridge thriving this season? His blunt answer? Because I stopped overcoaching him. Pop then noted that for two seasons, he had been trying to make Aldridge more of a face-up player, overload him with set plays at the elbow, all of that stuff. It was leaving LaMarcus both frustrated and ineffective, and in the end, Pop said, quote, that was just silly on my part, total overcoaching. First of all, it's fast. So tell us why you picked this one out, Chuck. Yeah, I love, love this story, love this story. Um, I picked it out because most executives that come and see me, uh, the, the first time they talk to me, they don't, they don't want to necessarily leave their company. Right. Uh, Looking to make peace. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes it's the exact same thing. It's okay. overcoaching, overmanagement, uh, uh, too much scrutiny. Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting here and why Pop is such a good coach and such a good manager of people mm -hmm. is that he went to Aldridge over the summer yeah. and said, what's going on? And what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Um, and it just struck me as being something that's so atypical of what we see. Are How you, many disputes right. could be resolved if, if the boss went to the executive and said, how can I make you better? It, yeah, it's interesting. It, I'm sure it, it doesn't happen that often. So when people come to your office, they're, they're, there's something wrong. You're, you know, you're the lawyer and they're either saying, uh, I'm being harassed by my boss, God forbid, I'm being treated unfairly, I'm maybe being discriminated against. Um, and, um, but, what you seem to be saying is a lot of this can stem from like lack of communication. Is oh, that yeah. fair to say? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I so. think I think in the employment context, what struck my what what got me interested in the yeah. story was uh, an employer doing something or a manager within the employer doing something that you just don't typically see. Right. Um, and usually, you know, you're, you you said the word discrimination, or if if there's harassment, there's harassment. A hostile work environment is a hostile work environment. Mm -hmm. But usually. None of that is is uh, express. It's it's yeah. never in your face. It's always subtle. And, um, and in your opinion, when some when there's a conflict in the workplace, uh, it's not as if the so we got a boss here who went to the employee essentially and said, "What's wrong?" How, like you said, um, usually that doesn't happen. You say, but usually does the manager know there's a problem and just kind of ignores it and hopes it goes away? It depends. Yeah, it depends. And and. It's first, first, it's very hard for managers to think beyond their own personal interest. That's the number one uh, challenge for all managers, mm -hmm. is that they're not thinking for the company's interest, they're, they're the employer's interest, they're thinking for their own personal interest. Mm -hmm. So if they have a difficult employee, the knee-jerk reaction is, I don't wanna manage this person, right. so I wanna get rid of them. Now, if the, if the analysis is different, what's best for the team, mm -hmm. maybe what's best for the team is that the boss moves. Right. Maybe what's best for the team is, is is something totally not contemplated by the manager and so i, I love this story yeah. uh because pop uh and i know it's easy to say well he makes millions and you know these guys are traveling on yeah. airplanes all the time sure. and they have plenty of time to talk and they're there's downtime and he's different though pop he's always been he's always been sort of a, a vanguard um renegade kind of guy he, he he's outspoken on politics and yeah, things like that yeah um and he does things a little bit different yeah. it's probably why he's successful he's, he's kind of he's kind of like the belichick of uh of basketball yeah. um probably without the touchy-feely stuff yeah, with right, the players right. but you can but, tell right. pop gets the most out of his players oh yeah you know and it's yeah. that attitude that's it's it has so much uh potential spillover into 
commercial workplaces. So you think a lot of managers, if they're in tune, if they're self-aware, and they go to their employees um, to try to talk things out in an attempt to make things better, would that is that only if it's credible? Right. Um, there are large companies. Uh, force uh, a compelled self-evaluation on managers. Um, mm. That's not what I'm talking about. The, okay. the, the, the rank-and-file employee doesn't want to see their manager uh, being introspective based on compulsion from the employer. Right. They want proactive, uh, creative, interested managers who genuinely want to see uh, the company thrive. And, and that's what people follow mm -hmm. uh, as a leader. And that's why Pop is such a good coach. All right. Well, we're going to break there. Hope you stay with us in the future on Executive Decisions with Attorney Chuck Rodman. We'll be here on the Boston Podcast Network. Chuck, before you sign off, yeah. how, how do people get in touch with you? Okay, give, me they go to your give me a call. Call my <laughs> office, 617-820-5250. Uh, send me an email, chuck.rodman at rodmanllp.com. Or visit our website, rodmanllp.com. Would love to hear from you. Well then, um, you want a guy like Chuck to be on your side if uh, if the shit hits the fan. We hope it doesn't, but in employment matters, you want a guy like Chuck. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, we'll see you in the future on Executive Decisions on the Boston Podcast. <laughs> Pod617.com. See you next time. I like this. This is fun. It's a lot of fun.